Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranis Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyren. Darvin, Aranis, Iolana, and Vale have returned from Corum's realm and the Grayscape to the town of Capris after an unknown amount of time away. The withering has progressed significantly. The cavern under the town has been transformed into the Well of Departure, a place where the afflicted can live through the end of their condition in peace. Vale wasted no time honoring their deal with Corum shattering one of the bone statues within. Outside the well, the town has changed too, most notably the Driftwood House. You discovered Ezebeth and a portion of her scale force within, and after an unexpectedly violent encounter and the death of Serena Arcadian, you reveal that souls can be brought back from Corum's realm as long as you have a body to put them in. Pleased with this information, Elizabeth told you that Akiri is back on the island. Terencia, the Glamour Island, sits atop a hundred-foot column of rushing water. Much of the ocean now branches off the ground and into the sky, making the journey difficult at best. The four of you, five if you count the soul of the demigod Cade Mandeville, stand outside. What do you do? Yolana's going to speak up. She'll dress... Darwin and Arnis and say that you have fulfilled your requirements for my quest. At this point, you are free to leave my companionship. <laughs> like literally just giving them an out at this point because shit's going to get real here. And she's going to say that, uh, that Vale and I have already spoken and we shall be moving on to the island of the... Uh, to the island that we visit early, visited earlier with the intention of finding my father. Mm. That's right. You're looking for Huracan. Um, what? Why wouldn't we want to help you get your dad back? I'm just saying that you're not beholden to me. You, you have n- no purpose with which you have to continue to work with me. At this point, my needs from you have been fulfilled. I've found Vale. Your duties for lack of a better way of putting it to the guild are fulfilled Hmm. okay uh i'm gonna look at darvin and just say is there a reason why we wouldn't help her nothing comes to mind okay i think we're chill we're gonna go with you except please remember that i can't fight those plant things and so we're gonna have to figure out how to like be okay with the security well, if you're going with us, I think the reason why we'll be okay with security is because you are a guest on the island. The only person who really needs to be in any sort of disguise, I, I think, would be myself, Yolanda says. Being that oh, Mr. Right. Singal, if she knew I was on site, would know why I was there. Mm-hmm. You and Darwin and Vale would have any reason to be there. Maybe. I mean, they know that we're associated with you, but I can probably go pretty much anywhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vale, just to like fill you in, Ikiri's got a weird thing for my loot. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, unlike 
Vale, who tends to keep these sorts of things close to the chest, Eowon is going to look at the three of them and say very openly, I intend to kill Mistress Sengal when we get on the island. That is my whole goal. She's imprisoned my father, and apart from saving him, her life is forfeit to the guilt. Oh, I have no problem with that. Yeah, that's fine. I just wanted to make sure we were all informed of what you needed to know before we began on this journey. That's fine. I mean, you should... Maybe I don't need to tell you this, but you should know that as dangerous as Mistress Sangal is, Ikiri is more dangerous. So, would note you haven't seen him actually do anything dangerous. His danger we've seen has come from his like ability to wield influence, for lack of a better term. Yeah, <laughs> that's what makes the glamour scary. He may not kill you where you stand, but oh, okay, does that make sense? <laughs> No, that's 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 perfect. And you say that to Iolana and Ilana playfully smirks like that they uh she finds that entertaining and says very simply, I I have no need for just kind of gestures to the world around her. This this society. I, I live on an island away from all of this, and as soon as we're done here and I've freed my father, I intend to go home. Just know that I mean, you know, his influence isn't just like here. It's not like he couldn't find you. So just, I mean, just, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to dissuade you. I'm just literally giving you a a word of like, this isn't over when you kill her. And kind of hinting at some of Iolana's less worldly knowledge. She literally giggles and says, "Um, better and more powerful men than him have tried to find my home. Many of them have died trying. And that does not intend to come off as like cocky at all, just like very like playfully matter of fact. She knows where she comes from and how hard the guild works to keep her home a secret and finds that comment not like insultingly entertaining, just like she's heard that before. And it's funny who thinks they can get to where she lives, like trying to make it clear she's not trying to insult you. It's just this the whole conversation is just funny to her now. Okay. <laughs> Chris, Chris, I, I feel almost sad for you, Alana. Has she not had friends before? She's had friends, like, on her island, like, <laughs> locals that, like, in her tribe that she grew up with. Um, and she definitely, like, I would say, had, you know, what you would call friends within the order, but, like, normal friends, friends that aren't connected to either her small island tribe or the guild. She's never experienced that. Oh, we are extremely normal. That makes me really sad. <laughs> it makes me feel so bad for her. Right? It's just the way that you phrase that, Chris. I'm just like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Our work here is done. You may leave. Wait, no, we're, <laughs> we're in this together. <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, right now you're all in the middle of the street there in Capris. Got the Driftwood House behind you. The hotel, Blue Crab. The docks are still there, even if the water isn't, then all the other buildings and stuff, you know, people's homes, the well. Where are you off to? It's still like we determined last time, right? It's it's too early to take a long rest, right? I mean, if you took a long rest, that just means like you've got a lot of time before it's bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. It's like waking up and then like by noon saying I'm going back to bed, which I've done. But yeah. <laughs> I think the idea is not so much that like we want to, or at least from Iolana's perspective, it's not that she needs a long rest. It's that she needs time to think about and prepare like how, if we have to, she can get us being the like primary major <laughs> magic wielder. She can get us up the column of water. If Aranis can't figure out a like proper channel using her connection or their connection, his, his connection. To Ikiri. So, like, the idea that the idea that Iolana would put forth is like that she has some ways to be able to use her own innate abilities to try and get us. You said it's 120 feet up in the air? 100 feet. 100 feet. So, okay. she has some ideas and theories on how to get us up there. It's going to take some thought and preparation to do it if we have to, like, use her abilities. But if the order 
and Akiri have a way to get up and you would have a way to activate that, then it would be better to try and mask who Yolana is than to try and sneak up, if that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you've definitely got time for planning and like trying to contact people if you want. But if you do just want to also go straight to long rest, like go find a place to sleep. We could just like hand wave the next 12 hours before that actually happens. No, I guess I need to try to see if I can find us a way onto that thing. Mm-hmm. Is there like a carrier pigeon service or something? <laughs> or even just like asking around, right? You know, he would want to see you when you got back, or at least you're assuming. Yeah. I mean, all that money didn't arrive on its own. Good God. Yeah. Did you collect all of that? No. no. I left it. I think you took a ring. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I left everything else. Freaked me out. To be honest, it wasn't the treasure so much that freaked me out as the like big ass painting it was underneath that really freaked me out. So mm-hmm. I just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. 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 So what are you doing? What is anybody doing? What are people doing? I don't actually know. I mean, I guess I want to go like somewhere where there might be like people to like ask around or like how do i get in contact with somebody up there i yeah i don't know maybe the tavern yeah 10 in the morning drink anyone i I mean that was rns's whole deal when we started book three so yes (laughs) oh you drunk he's a bit snapped out of it now but before you take off to go do that Yolana's going to kind of address the group and just say that she needs some time to go prepare herself mentally. Should she need to get us up there on her own and intends to kind of go off and do that, but that whoever you speak to, you should tell she did not like make it out, right? Like tell the lie that Yolana passed in the realm to make your access easier. Okay. Okay. Which is, I know, a very bold lie considering she just attacked Isabeth or Esbeth. But it's <laughs> mm-hmm, a thing. Mm-hmm. There's, there's that. The, the simple question here is, where's Iolana going to mentally prepare? I think, given the fact that Darwin and Arnis have been around here locally a while, would ask them if they know a place not too far out of town where she might be able to be alone with her thoughts and whatnot. Yeah. I don't have exact GPS coordinates, but there's a bunch <laughs> of trees that are pretty good to chop over there. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, I knew I was going to take that kind of instruction and just say, like, she's going to head to where Darwin suggests and ask that when they're ready to proceed. That they just come and find her. Like her intention is, or her intention is set to set up camp and like just prepare herself mentally mm-hmm. for what she knows is going to be taxing in the coming day. Okay. And Vale's going to tag along. Hasn't really said anything since we've left the drift house, but is just kind of head on a swivel watching for anything. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's watching Vale notices that they're not still often, if at all. If you've ever watched like an animal who's used to being hunted and how it's always looking for the next attack, that's pretty much how Vale's living their life right now. Okay. Okay. So Ilana wanders off into the woods to go do her mental preparations. The three of you are heading into the Blue Crab Tavern then? Or is there no, another think, stop first? I think Vale's with Ilana. No, Vale's going with you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I read that. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. I misunderstood. So did I. No, Elon has kind of been essentially was like, I'm good. I'm used to working alone or in pairs. I'm going to go meditate and study yet. You don't need to stay with me. And Vale very subtly just gives them a like nod and then stays with you all. Okay. Okay. So you head down the road to Blue Crab Tavern, the old drinking grounds, the old playing grounds. The exterior of the building has been updated since last you saw it. Some of the walls have been reinforced. Some of the windows have been, I don't want to say boarded up, but they have like some very heavy shutters. So that way if they needed to close it up and make it more fortified, they could. But even at 10 in the morning, 
The blue crab is open. Entering in, the scene is quite different from last you saw. There are fewer tables and chairs, but the supply of alcohol behind the bar is just as good, if not better, than it used to be. Hmm. There's no music at this time in the morning, but there are some patrons. And as the three of you take your bearings in, and as you take a look around the bar, you're interrupted by an unfamiliar voice. Well, well, well. Look who's back from the dead. Honestly, we'd given up hope on you. (laughs) Then again, so did most everyone else. I guess we should be honored to have the mascot of the conscription here. The rest of you too, I suppose. So after all this time, what brings you back? And approaching you from the far end of the bar is a short woman, a halfling woman, not Felicity. No, this halfling looks a little bit different. She's got curly white hair and big green eyes and a very charming smile. She reminds you of the halflings that, sorry, she reminds Arnis and Darwin of the halflings you met out in the snow. She is, in fact, one of the wild halflings. And besides uh, besides her quite nice clothes, you also see one of the badges of Elizabeth's scale force on her arm. So I let her, you know, finish her little thing. And then I take in her appearance and I go, excuse me, who the fuck are you? (laughs) She just confidently walks up to the group of you and just puts the back of her hand on your hip Arnis as she walks past you and goes up to Darvin. You must feel very honored. Hey, Darvin. Um... Sure. Why? She just pokes through your leg a moment. Your ghost leg. Sorry, not your physical leg. The other one. The one that's missing. She takes her hand and she just runs it through the ghostly image of your leg. Doesn't touch the sword. Hey, that's very rude. I hadn't seen it before myself. I was just curious is all. No disrespect. At this point, I move to like... Like, she's brushed past me to talk to him, but I move back so that I'm, like, just over Darwin's shoulder. And I mm-hmm. go, I'm pretty sure that's, like, the definition of his personal space. And you're, like, <laughs> in it without permission. Darwin looks at her all shifty-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's nothing to worry about. I'm just guessing by the looks of things that you've already been to see Elizabeth. As she views some of your recent scrapes and acid burns. Does it hurt? Does the leg hurt? No, it feels amazing. (laughs) Darwin's learned sarcasm. (laughs) I'm so proud. I guess if you hang out with a bard long enough. Arnis like stifles a giggle when he says that, like, <laughs> and then like rearranges his face to look normal. As she's doing this, Vale wants mm-hmm. to scan the room for other scale force members. Okay, roll me perception, please. It's a 12. Mm-hmm. Let's see, who else do you see? Oh, I know who stands out like a sore thumb. On the other side of the bar at a smallish table, you see a pair of people and you notice a scale force badge on one person in particular. On the other side of the room, there is a tiefling woman. Her skin is deep pink with swirls of white, like a, like a latte or like a peppermint. She has massive hair and branching horns and her tail swishes about. She seems to be carrying on a conversation with, a, with some human guy. This veil positions themselves in a in a way so that they can continue to watch that woman at the table and the halfling. Mm-hmm. The halfling woman says, I'm sorry, Darwin. I didn't... <laughs> I wasn't trying to be rude. You're just quite different. Quite unique, you know. Thanks. <laughs> Arnest stifles another giggle. <laughs> it's a shame about your leg, but it is interesting. Do you like having a a sword in there? Yeah. Yeah. That part's pretty cool. Hmm. I would imagine so. 
So other than our pleasant company, what brings you in here? Well, I think it's just your company. Oh, well then let me get you a drink. And she uh, walks around the bar, go gets a bottle, go gets a couple glasses and walks on back. She pours a few glasses of some very strong ale, hands one of them to you, Darvin, takes the other one up and says, my name is Makura, Makura Theus. It's wonderful to meet you, Darvin. Okay. And then she takes a drink. So, Makura, you you own the tavern now? Oh, no. No, of course not. Don't be ridiculous. Then what the hell? It's not... I, so, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, it's not... It's... It's not in my realm of possibility that patrons of a particular place can just, like, go behind the bar and serve themselves. Not to worry. Cynthia has given us permission. We still pay. We just pay at the end. We don't pay for each and every individual drink. Hmm. Where is Cynthia? She is resting, taking time to herself. Hmm. At this lull in the conversation with zero tact, Vale just asked, so what is the conscription? <laughs> Thank you, Vale. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, then does, does Darwin not know? It's like <sighs> I'm not even here. It's great when I can have an NPC just ignore the bard. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently the rogue also. Apparently. Well, you weren't saying anything. Um, yeah, no, no, I know. I did that... finally say something, though. <sighs> but also, it's fun to push Arnus's buttons sometimes. Oh, yeah, I get that. And by sometimes, he means all the time. <laughs> Not all the time. <laughs> this is a non This is a very petty button that I'm pushing. It really is. And that Sorry. is, don't give the bard a spotlight. <laughs> Which is absolutely something Makura would do. <laughs> okay, where was I? Ah, yes. I'm surprised Darwin doesn't know, seeing as who he is and what he has provided to their cause. But I guess if he doesn't know, then he probably would find out sooner or later. The conscription is, it's a group. They have taken to carrying out Coram's will and ending those suffering from the withering. They have been traveling north from Libera. For years now, making their way across the land. And why would I know about this eventually? She moves her hand to poke through your leg again, but stops before breaking the plane. Just says, well, mm, your leg was a great boon to them. How so? They have found a way to use it to their advantage. <laughs> to borrow your gift. What? Um, so let me get this straight. There's a bunch of these people that are like, I guess, quorum worshippers. Sure. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah, she nods. Who are running around the land, like actually killing people who are affected by the withering? Or are they just like knocking over statues of people who are already dead? Yes, and yes. With my leg. They're beating people with my leg. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, using, they're, no, they're clearly using um, your leg to keep themselves from dying. They're using it like a talisman. Yeah, your leg's some, not a weapon. Or some sort of well, like, I'm sure or some sort of like magic, like focus, or I don't know what. Would you like to see? I would very much like to see. Hmm. We've. I don't want to say captured, but we've detained one of their ranks. I could take you to him. Where? Just on the other side of town. Private residence. <sighs> well, here's the deal. We're like, I mean, we're under a little bit of a time constraint. So we want to go because I want to know what's happening with Darwin's leg. Probably as much as Darwin does. But... We also came in here with a purpose. Mm hmm. Would you like a drink too, Aranus? <laughs> no, I'm cool. We need to get out to that island. You got tips on that? Oh, plenty of different ways. If you're brave, you can swim. Mm. If you're magic or gifted, you could fly. 
If you know somebody on the island, then yes, that would help as well. Say I we do. We don't tend to go out there. Oh, Say I do, do know somebody on the island, but I don't know how to contact them. Hmm. Does Arnus not have any communication magic? I don't think so. Wait. Does it just message? Because I know that's a line of sight. I we don't, don't have anything longer distance. I don't think I even have a message anymore. Oh, shit. No, I got rid of it because I never used it. So, mm-hmm. nope, nothing. Hmm. I can turn myself into a bird and cast polymorph. Well, well there you go. <laughs> but, um, n- no. Unless I want to viciously mock them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think you can viciously mock your way up no. a waterfall. No. Although a waterfall is an incorrect phrasing. It's more like a geyser. Yeah. Because the water's going up instead of down. Or if you're very handy with a boat, you could try to navigate along the path, the waterways. She just like kind of like motions through the sky, just like referring to the water that's branching out. All right. Let me be clearer, I guess. Is there a way to get a message to somebody out there? Yes. Yes, of course. If you know the right people. Okay. And who might those people be? We could be those right people. And how are you going to get the message out there? Well, my good friend Holly over there has a way with animals. She motions to the tiefling on the other side of the bar, who gives a little wave back to you. Okay. I, uh... This help you're going to give me to send this person a message, how much is it going to... How much is it going to set me back? Because I know you're certainly not going to do it out of the goodness of your heart. Oh, are we not getting along? Well, no, then, I mean, I suppose my apologies, Arnis. I suppose we are, but <laughs> I mean, that kind of help doesn't generally come free in my experience, whether it's money or a favor or something else. Hmm. That's a good question. Good, good point. Unless we're that good of friends that you're just going to do me a solid. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, that depends. Do you want to settle this business first, or do you want to, or do you want to settle Darwin's business first? Well, I want to go see Darwin's leg, or the thing, whatever. But I want to get the message sent first because they're going to need time to respond. Mm. Okay. Um. Let's see. What does the scale force want from you all? You've already been to see Elizabeth. <gasps> ah, I know. Surely not money. Elizabeth sees to it that we are taken care of. But there is something she's hiding from us. And I would love to uh, be enlightened. Okay. Ever since the Count and the Countess fell to the withering, this city, technically came under the rule of Viscount Alicia. However, given her age, and according to Elizabeth, her condition, Elizabeth is acting more as a, not regent, but steward, tear-caker, in her stead. And she has not allowed any of us to even speak with Alicia. And if you could get us in to see her, one way or another, or you could get her out to see us, that would be wonderful. I think you might be confused as to the amount of power we actually wield in this town of yours. As you so astutely pointed out when we walked in here, Mm -hmm. we just had a little confrontation with your boss. It did not go well. She was so intent on killing us, oh, that she killed one of your buddies. Yeah, that happened. Serena or Jefferson? Serena. Did we oh. kill Jefferson? No, he still. No, no, no. You left. You didn't do anything to him. He just kind of was present. Shame. I like Serena. <sighs> but she made it out alive. So I'm assuming things were resolved. Resolved? And also, yeah. I didn't say you needed her permission to do any of this. Well, if we don't need her permission, neither do you. Well, we work for her. If we were to be caught, that arrangement would end. We're alive. If we were to be caught, that arrangement would end. <laughs> He's got a point. She chuckles a little bit and like pats Darwin on the side. I'm sure you'd be fine. Uh, we could get the message out before you fulfill this. 
Uh, well, I think that's going to have to happen because to be perfectly honest with you, I have no idea how we're going to do that. How you expect us to just waltz back in there with her being all acid breathy and like, and just be like, show me the vice count, Alicia. I don't. It's not like she's leaving that throne room. She can't get much smaller anymore. Is there like a whole bit of the Driftwood house that we like didn't go into? I mean, there definitely is. That's like before the throne room that we could have explored that we just didn't. There's like the foyers and the hallways and stuff. The throne room isn't the first thing that you walk into. Okay. We just kind of skipped right by it because it wasn't important. Okay. But yeah, we know that there's more spaces in there and there's windows and there's roof and and there's ways to like go around and, and that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right. The task doesn't seem so unreasonable then. It's a sneaky task, but it's not Ugh. just a go kill a dragon first task. Okay. Which is, that's, that was kind of what I was trying to figure out. I was like, I don't understand. You could kill Elizabeth, but then these people would be unemployed. And I don't know what would happen then. I don't give a shit about that. Be really, bad for but, the economy. But I don't think it would be good for us. Okay. Yeah, let's get the um let's get the message out. Okay. Here's what I propose. Can we do things in this order? I would like to get the message out, go see this thing about Darwin, and then we'll go do your sneaky business. Is that okay? Oh yes, of course that's okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Mukura turns to Holly, motions her over. The human gentleman she was with joins her as well. And as he stands up and walks across the room, you can see he is wearing a badge as well. Right there on his chest. He's dressed in robes. He's got a very sickly green tinge to his skin. And as they come up, Makura will explain the situation to Holly and to Ray, the name of the human. To Holly Faithful and Ray Meyer. Holly just leans into Aranus, wraps her tail around his waist, says, What's the message you need sent? At this. All Vale does is step forward and say, give my friend their space, please. <laughs> is Arnus uncomfortable? He is visibly like leaning backwards, like away from her. <laughs> like, okay. whoa, lady, I do not know you. <laughs> <laughs> Without saying anything, she will uh, unwrap her tail from Arnus's waist. And just kind of rest the end of it against his chest. Say, I meant no harm. And then she will pull it back. Yeah, I was about to take it and like pick it off of me. <laughs> and and, and Vale was about to just snatch out of the air, throw it at him. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Whatever happened um, to let's not start a bar fight. <laughs> that was never Vale that said that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyways, sorry. Um, I would prefer to just write it down okay by all means write it down okay what is this message you're sending yeah so arnis just basically writes a really quick message that just says hello akiri m and i are back (laughs) uh we need to see you at the earliest convenience tomorrow and i make sure to make a note of like what day i'm talking about um Um, none of us know how long exactly it's been since we (laughs) Since you all left. Nope. We don't know that. <laughs> There's no way you know what day it is. But don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. You don't I need, need to date it. We need a way on to the island. RNS Gray. Okay. Fold, 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 fold. Okay. <laughs> Holly extends her tail out to take the message from you. I, I hand it to her. Yeah, she wraps her tail around it and pulls it in close. Very well. I will see that this gets to the island today. She goes outside, and you hear her let out a whistle. And medium-sized bird, like a hawk, comes down. Lands on her arm, and she speaks with it a little bit. Like, offers a little bit of food before wrapping the note to its talon and sending it off. And Makura says, are you satisfied? Yeah, let's go see this thing about Darwin. Wonderful. Does anybody need a drink for the road? Bill just shakes their head. No. I think we're uh I think we're all set. Tempting, but can't afford to have to make any constitution checks. <laughs> You've had a beer. You've had a drink. Very well then. Before leaving, she will reach up onto the bar and grab like a small glass flask of alcohol 
uh, and bring it with her. She just like waves it off to Ray. Just let him know like, hey, this is what I took. And she's ready to take you all out. I have no confidence that they're paying for any of this, by the way. <laughs> like zero. <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> Arnest can hold whatever beliefs he wants. And we can get back to that at another time, I suppose. Sure. Add it to the list. <laughs> you have a side quest of bar tab. <laughs> Are they paying their bar tab? God, I have so many bigger problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like, I'm pretty sure that they're stealing from the bar, but at the same time, I'm like, I can't, I can't care. <laughs> It's not the biggest deal. No. It's not. Okay. So, Mokura walks you through the town to a small residence near the docks. Like on the, like not on the main road, like a few rows back. There's a small residence. It's dimly lit and she escorts you in. This doesn't look like a place where somebody has been living. It looks more like a place that somebody once lived and is now just kind of being used for other purposes. And she will lead you into what was once the bedroom of this house. And inside it's quite dirty and smells a little bit. And there tied to a chair is this guy with sweaty, long hair kind of draped over his face. It's got scratches and blood on him. And Makura says, this gentleman here is Anton Alderson, a member of the conscription. And... Darwin, if you'll allow a moment of pain, I can show you. Okay. This guy's barely conscious. I will allow it. She reaches inside her shirt and pulls out a small dagger. Very thin, round. Walks behind him, takes this dagger, and just shoves it in his side. And Darwin, you feel an intense stabbing pain in your ghost leg. (laughs) Wow. This guy, like gasps in shock and, just, and then you see a glow from this glass bobble around his neck and it just kind of pulses for a moment before the glow dissipates into the air she walks around to the front of anton here pulls this bobble away from his chest a little bit and it's an inch inch and a half in diameter and it's hollow and inside it's filled with a bit of fluid and a hunk of flesh <laughs> well, Darwin, this is you. That's a piece of my leg. Yes, it is. These folks here have found a way to channel their pain into it. You can stab him all you want, and he will soldier on. What if we smash the bobble? Well, then I imagine he would no longer be protected by it. We were keeping him around for information. But if you're ready to reclaim a piece of yourself... You can do as you see fit. No, not not yet. It's a curiosity. Uh, this veil will just turn a blank face to you and ask, why not? Because I feel like we might get more information if we don't do that right away. I'm worried there's going to be an opportunity cost associated. Mm. And again, with zero emotion, Veil says, how do you intend to get information from someone who you can't threaten? Not necessarily from him. I mean, we could take the bauble and not smash it and see if that changes things. I just think going smashy, smashy right away is a mistake. Vail nods, understanding at this point. I thought you had said that you didn't intend to take what was yours back. No, 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 no. I just want as much information as we can get. Knowingly. Vale says, should you need assistance in gaining information from him, is a skill I've acquired. Uh, I bet. Jesus. Sound creepier. Just go ahead and sound creepier. Fuck. I'm, I'm trying to RP it, Scott. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. I'm just... But we're even just assuming it can be reattached. Like, if it's in... No, I mean, I guess it, it could be reattached. Never mind. It's it's like a chunk of flesh in there. It's like if you were cutting a bite for a piece of steak, you would need all of them to put it back together. And the rules say we need to like glue it together or something first. 
I mean, you don't know which part of your leg it is. It could be some from somewhere in like the calf or the foot or the right, thigh. Right. We'd basically have to puzzle piece it together and let it like sit for a really long time, right? That's the rule. Oh, like it, takes it will heal on its own, you're right. Eventually, mm-hmm. but it'll take a long time. Yeah, so that yeah. is what we'd have to do. So you'd have to like puzzle piece it together slowly and let it like heal over a really long time. I just don't know how much you want your old leg back. I want my old leg back. Mm-hmm. Plus, Darwin is, you know, offended by this whole thing. This is not Quorum's way. Right. Yeah, there's that too. They're messing with the natural order of things. It's not quite necromancy, but... Uh, but it's not Quorum's will. Yeah, uh, Vale's going to look to Darwin and, and kind of ask them... So- do you intend to let this and the kind of gesture to what is clearly going on here stand? No, we're going to fix this. Makura holding this bobble just motions it towards Darvin. If you want it, you can have it back. We've gotten just about all the use from Anton here that we can, but you're more than welcome to come in here and question him and take back your peace of yourself, if you wish. Yeah, let's do it. I want back that tiny piece of leg. Okay. So just like snap the, the chain holding it around his neck and hand the bauble to you. We're not necessarily a fan of their work either. I mean, doing whatever they want with the people who are suffering from the withering. That's one thing. But this whole not dying when we stab them bit it's annoying. So it's not just that they're not feeling pain. They're actually not dying. Oh, no, they feel pain. Oh, no, they feel pain. But yeah, they, near as we can tell, the, mm, the mortal wounds that they would be suffering get transferred into this instead. They're sharing their pain with you. I see. I misunderstood. So they feel pain, but they don't die. Yes. That's even more against Quorum's way. <laughs> would would not feeling pain make it better? No, I mean the not dying part. Oh, okay. I think after snatching that bobble off from around his neck, more blood starts to ooze from his side. She said, well, we can keep him alive if you want. Is that something you want, Darwin? Yeah, for now. Okay. And she'll like start field dressing the wound. Slowly. Not in a rush to, you know, help this guy out, not to do him any favors. Sure. It'll keep him alive. Could I talk to him? Alone? No. By all means. Uh, she gives him a couple light slaps on the cheeks. Psh, psh. Anton, wake up. You've got a guest. And he, like, starts slowly coming, too. This is, this is your show. Yeah, but this ain't my usual... This isn't my usual rodeo. No, I was already offered to help. You just need to tell them what you need information wise. I mean, I don't. Gonna, it's going to get dark if you let Vale take it over. I just want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's odd. Yeah, <laughs> we got that. <laughs> what are we interested in knowing? The, see, I mean, it's partly like they might already know everything, right? Oh, Makura and her and her friends. Yeah, yeah. They've gotten quite a bit of information out of him that as she's made that well known. But if you want to talk to him personally, if you want to get his view of things, it's not from Anton's idea. mouth to your ears. Yeah. Yeah, I think I do. Okay. Is he awake? Yeah, yeah. He's conscious enough. He's becoming more lucid. His eyes are kind of rolling around the room, like trying to gain bearings. Uh, what's his name again? Anton? Anton Alderson. I'm going to brandish my leg sword menacingly at him. (laughs) Okay. He jolts back in the chair a little bit. I'm like, I got your bobble. And I like dangle that tauntingly. No, no, please. You don't understand. I need it. Need it for what? I I must continue my work. What work (sighs) is that? Finishing off what the withering has started. I think you're confused. That's my work. I'm merely doing Coram's will. 
What do you know of Quorum's will? It is passed down to us uh, through our... uh, uh, Through the priest who speaks with Quorum. What priest is this? Malcius in Libera. He a bitch. (laughs) He no good. (laughs) We've heard that name before, right? Malcius Mm -hmm. killed Bill's mom. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. I was pretty sure. (laughs) The minute you said Libera, I was like, oh no. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, How is this dude seated? It's a chair in the middle of the room, like an armless chair, and he's got his hands tied behind his back. His ankles are tied to the base of the chair. Like, like, you know, a prisoner that you're going to interrogate in an unfriendly way. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. At the mention of this name... (laughs) Oh, God. The mention of this name is going to get dark. Anybody (laughs) who's watching Vale will watch her hand go to her dagger, but this is not her... Or, I'm sorry, this is not their interrogation yet, so it just sits there. Mm Mm-hmm. But Darwin would remember the name, right? Oh, even, yeah. Oh, even yeah. if player Nate doesn't. Yeah, you know who Malcius is. So then at hearing that name, Darwin is kind of going to glance over at Vale like, this is just as much you as it is me, if not more. Uh, it's your leg, man. You do whatever you want here. Vale will say, mm. Vale takes a breath. And this is clearly like a centering exercise. And you watch the tension just kind of like, melt out of their hand that's on the dagger. <laughs> and they say, finish your questions and then I'll ask mine. Okay. So I turn back and I say, the only good death is a permanent death. He like very weakly nods in agreement. So you're not doing part of this equation, are you? Uh, haven't died yet. So, there's no sin. <laughs> Arnis is like actively laughing, like this guy's an idiot. <laughs> Tell me about this priest, Malcius. He runs the Brotherhood in Libera. Has for a long time, after the withering, and after we were gifted with the. Uh, with the bo- like he motions to the bauble with his head. <sighs> he sent us on our work. He he guides us in Coram's ways. But this is not Coram's way. How would you know? Malcius speaks to Coram directly. Does he? Do you, you don't know who you're talking to, do you? Oh, absolutely not. You have no idea who this guy is. Oh, this is too good. This is too good. I need a chair and some popcorn. (laughs) Wait. He doesn't know who you are. Seriously? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which means he doesn't know who I am either. (laughs) Which means I've been going about this all wrong. Yeah. I assumed he knew who I was. Nope. Uh, No, no, he hasn't put that together yet. Not a clue. And and we had this conversation in character, right? Like, oh, yeah. Okay, good, good. I say all of that out loud. All right. Why would someone who's traveled up from the southern end of the continent know what Darwin looks like? Know what Aranus looks like? He doesn't work for the crown. I just assumed he would have, like, seen the, like, sword leg and... Yeah. I figured he would figure it out from that. But I guess not. No? No. No. Like, there's a difference between knowing of someone and knowing someone. Yeah, that's true. There. Oh I, my god. I just look over at Arnis and I'm like, okay, do I tell him? Eh, you, yeah. Let me get one question and then you can do whatever you want. All right. Since you've had that bobble, as you call it, have you been put in a situation where without it, you would have died? He weakly looks around his current situation and says, aside from this, yes. So you're telling me that without this intensely dark magical object, you would have suffered a permanent death. Without this gift from Coram, 
Oh, it's yes. not a gift from Coram. <laughs> that gift was only bestowed on one person that I know of, and I think I would know. And it wasn't even a gift. No? Well, now there are many who share this blessing. No, it's not a blessing. And it's not meant for you. It's not meant for anyone except the one it was meant for. Mm. Oh, I'm, I'm done. I cede my time back to Darwin. <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> this guy's an idiot. I say that out loud. Clearly. If we weren't meant to have it, Coram would have not brought it to us. It was stolen. Sorry. Not my time. Your time. <laughs> That's fine. It, it was stolen. It was theft. You stole this. Uh, this, this was given to me by, by Malsius himself. Malsius stole it. He said it was given to him by Coram. <laughs> you got played. You did. He's a liar. <laughs> Darvin, would you like to roll some persuasion? With advantage, you've got him in a situation. All right. Whew. I got a 21. One of those was... Oh, I'm glad I had advantage. Darvin has a bonus to persuasion? Nice. Three. Because nice. I took a proficiency in it. Mm, very nice. Makes me happy. Because now you get to destroy somebody's worldview. And when's that not fun? Yes. Right? Sorry. Chill I out, Aranis. I'm not sorry, though. <laughs> like, at all. This is, this is weirdly fun. <laughs> Anton starts shaking his head in disbelief. No, no, if it was... No, it had to have been... No, if it was stolen, then, then, then we weren't worthy and... He wouldn't have done this to us. Why? Why would he have done this to us? What? <sighs> Probably for power. <sighs> I, I, I don't know what to believe anymore. If, if Malsius lied to me, he lied to everyone. You, you still don't know who I am? No, no. Look at my sword. Look at my ghost leg. Look at my intense line of questioning. Do you know who I am? Oh, I think he starts putting it together. You see some clarity in his eyes as he's like reeling from this blow to his system that you've delivered. He focuses and it's like he's seeing the leg for the first time and not just the sword. Like he was very focused on a thing that was potential pain. And he looks up at you. Darvin? Grim? Oh, it is an honor to be in your <clears throat> presence, sir. I just... I don't even, like, say anything sarcastic. I just kind of, like, stand there with my jaw kind of agape, like, just a little bewildered at this point. We may have received this second-hand blessing, but you've been touched by Coram himself. I'm at your mercy. If it were a blessing or a gift from Coram, I wouldn't be here. You must see that. Like a slight nod. How many of there are you like this? Dozens. I wasn't the first, and I wasn't the last. Dozens, and they don't die. We're going to have to go fight Malsius, aren't we? Dozens. Yeah, well, I mean, think of the size of the chunk that he's got of your leg. It's a big leg. Uh, yeah, I know. I just, we're going to fight dozens. But not all together. This guy's alone. That's true. We don't necessarily even have to fight him. We just have to get him to give up the bobble. That's true. Just got to get him to bobble it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're having this conversation, by the way, out loud in front of this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just so we're clear about what's no, that's happening fine. here. <laughs> You've unmasked Malsius as a liar to him. You are Darvin Grimm. He is totally cool with this. He's still in a very, very large amount of pain. Like, he's still suffering. But so like, mentally, he's like, oh, if this is, if this is what Darvin 
the man blessed by Coram himself wants to do, then yeah. I'm going to turn to Aranis and just say, is there anything else I need to ask him? I think I'm good. Are you spread just all over this continent? Other people, other places? We set out from Libera, heading north. I made it this far. I assume others have made it to the northern end of the continent as well. If so, then they may have gone elsewhere. They may have attempted to cross, well, what used to be the ocean. Hmm. That should be interesting. <laughs> Is that it? I think so. So I'm just going to say, I honestly hope Corum has some mercy on you. And then I'm going to turn to Vale and I'm going to be like, your witness. <laughs> Before you start, Arnis is going to go. I feel like I should go. Should I go? Um, how does Vale answer that? Because I feel like I don't want to see what you're about to do. <laughs> but I'm going to make it your call. Hmm. Vale's just going to look to Arnis and say, that is your choice to make. I'll, uh, I'll be outside. <laughs> okay. Um, who all is staying in the room or is still in the room at this point? Just so I know. If it's clear that Vale is only worried about Arnis's comfort, then I'm staying. I got your back. Makura is staying as well. Okay. <laughs> it's nothing she hasn't seen before. Vale's going to walk up to this man. Mm-hmm. Stand right in front of them and completely matter-of-factly with zero emotion tell them I survived three months in Coram's realm as a living creature with a soul. To do that, there were certain things I had to do. There was certain information I needed and it had to be acquired in aggressive ways. There are some things I want to know from you. If you share that information quickly and thoroughly, this can be simple and painless. If I feel at any point you're lying, this is not going to be fun for you. Quick point of order. You were there for like a year. I know. But, okay. (laughs) Okay. Anton looks up at you, and then he just leans his head to the side a little bit to look at Darwin and asks... Darvin, should I cooperate? Yes. Then what I know, you can know. Where is Malcius's base of operations? Still in Libera. He doesn't leave himself. Where? There's a cathedral there, built in Coram's honor. And that is where he resides, and that is where he orchestrates his work. What is the strength of Malcius's force? It's been some time since I've been there. Last I was, he had four... He had four of Coram's faithful serving him directly, who each had their own group of conscripts. Small groups. Thanks to Darwin's blessing, we can go out in squads of four or five and be very effective. Wonderful. What sort of weaknesses are there to Darwin's blessing? Well, if we don't wear it, then we don't get the blessing. Well, that would be quite obvious, but... I know that many creatures of many different kinds, be it magical or natural, have certain weaknesses to certain things. You throw water on a fire Mm. elemental, you're going to have an advantage. If I were to face one of you in combat, what sort of advantages could I use? Well, it still hurts. We're not immune to pain. It does not offer any other supernatural protection. It merely keeps us alive. Is there any sort of way to deactivate? all of the blessings of Darwin simultaneously. That is beyond my knowledge and skill. I don't know how Malcius did it. Tell me about Malcius. What do you know? Mm, what does he know? Um, he's been serving Coram for decades. Mm. He follows the law to the letter. Well, we know that's not to be true. To the letter. Uh, I think is true. He does not follow the spirit of the law, but (laughs) Hmm. he enforces it with absolute surety that he is right. So he's a zealot. It's one way to put it. 
What sort of weaknesses does he have? Does he have any vices, any family, any friends, anybody that could be used to manipulate him? Mm. Family or friends? He has allies. Don't know if I would call them friends. Of these allies, are there any that could be convinced to turn against him? I, I don't know. Um, okay, give me one second. I'm racking my brain here for anything else that I would ask. Mm. Has all of Darwin's leg been distributed, or is there any of it left in Malcius's possession? Malcius keeps part of it for himself. Absolutely. Because <laughs> if Malcius dies, then he can no longer continue his work here. And beyond being a priest of Corum, what sort of power does Malcius wield? He's, he's pretty skilled at hand-to-hand -hand combat. He used to have the ability to speak with and control the dead, but that's no longer a thing. And he's, he's quite intelligent. He does not leave himself open without purpose. Is there anything, aside from his desire to do Corum's work, as, as he would claim it, that would get him especially excited or angry or cause him to lose focus or open himself up to weakness? No, let's see. I have to figure out if Anton and Malcius were close at all or if this was just a business. This was all business between the two of them. Mm. This isn't necessarily a personal thing, but... Aside from carrying out Coram's will, he holds Coram in extremely high regard, and he does not tolerate blasphemy mm. in word or deed. Despite the harsh conditions in Libera, the cathedral is still immaculate. Is Malcius and his group insular, or does he have, like, for lack of a better way of putting it, scouts or little birds who would tell him of the arrival of someone like Darwin in town? I think if Darwin got to Libera, he would know. Outside of that, probably not. All right. Darwin, at this point, Vale turns around, steps a few feet away from the prisoner, with zero emotion again, asks Darwin if he intends to return this man's soul to Corum. I assumed you would want to. It seems like the right course of action, doesn't it? I have gotten everything from him I need. I do believe that sending his soul to Coram would ingratiate me to Coram, but I also know that based on what I've gathered from you over the last few, since I've met you last, it might be good for you to ingratiate yourself to Coram also. Mm. This is something we could do together. <laughs> I'm this isn't so making glad I'm pie. not there right now. <laughs> so glad I'm not in the room for this. <laughs> what I hate most... Like, I'll do whatever you want. What I hate most is just how much trust this guy has placed in you all at this moment. And you're just like, oh, should we kill him? And his response, it, like, as you're casually talking about killing him, Anton just looks at Darwin and says, if you will it, Darwin, I'll accept it. <laughs> Damn. I put the decision to you as he would be a considered a blasphemer in your order. He would. Makura watches intently. <laughs> I just need to know whether or not you are killing him. You don't have to tell me how you do it. He is <laughs> tied up. He is a prisoner. He is willing to die. I, I think we're definitely killing him. I think it just depends on who's doing it. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> who's killing Anton? Okay. Maybe I'll take this one. Does Darvin stay and watch? Darwin just said he was going to do it. Yeah. Oh, I thought, oh, I thought you said Vale. You said, I thought, I heard I'm going to let Vale take this one. Never no, I mind. said I'll take this one. Oh, okay. Sorry. Assuming there'll be lots more of these guys for Vale. <laughs> mm -hmm. Does Vale stay? Yeah, Vale stays not so much to watch, but just should shit hit the fan or something weird happen, they want to be there. Okay. No, nothing weird's going to happen. You can take out Anton. Do you give him... Do you offer him any final words, Darvin? Yeah, I honestly really kind of feel bad for the guy because he kind of got hoodwinked into all this. So I'm really like, you know, may Coram have mercy. Okay. And Makura just watches unflinching. 
Do you all feel better now? I feel about one out of several dozenth better. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello and Sierra Jones. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blockland for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at dibbermusic.com and on Twitter at dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.